welcome to another edition of Chat Footy. I'm your host, Dave Horrocks, today, and I am Billy Nomate, so I'm on my own. So you're going to have to put up with me for the next few minutes. So it's just going to be a short episode, this one, but we haven't put a podcast out there for a few days now, so thought I'd get one out there. So let's focus on the top of the table first. So we start with my team, Liverpool. So started off on Saturday, um, very nervy game. So Brighton is a tough old place to go to. So they're not creating too many waves in the league at the at the moment but people who go there generally have quite a hard time so going into this match I really thought we had a you know it could quite easily go the wrong way wrong way if you're a Liverpool fan that is so especially coming off the back of the Man City defeat we had uh, we had a, a defeat to Wolves in the cup not going to cry myself to sleep over that one too much I, I think in the grand scheme of things with the Champions League and the league it's probably not a terrible thing for us to be out there so yeah really tough game and ultimately it was down to another penalty again absolute nails on penalty for me really clever for Salah to put the defender in an awkward position uh, I've watched it so many times now and, and I've, I'm more of a defender myself and, and so I have some sympathy for him and you just think how did he end up you know he, the defender had a good position there he was goal side of Salah Salah wasn't going anywhere and suddenly bit of a trick bit of pace and he's he's on the wrong side of him so, you know, he's pulled him back and he's clipped him as well. So absolute nails on penalty. Now, I think it's one of these where it depends. Probably Liverpool fans look at this one way and it seems the rest of the league is looking at it a different way now for Salah. Every time Salah is, is fouled in the box, you know, it's, oh, he's gone down way too easy. The amount of diving we've seen from, uh, let's face it, right, all colours off. Every single team does it. Every player does it. It's just to a, a different degree. So, again, if I consider someone like... Let's, let's have a look at Lovren at the back. Well, he's not going to dive around too much, is he? Because he's, you know, he's, never, he's never receiving the ball in, in close proximity of other players. You know, or if he is, he's going to get his laces behind it and, and launch it. So the opportunity to foul him just isn't there. Whereas these tricky players, you know, you used to see it with Ronaldo all the time. Again, another player, you could say, well, he goes down too easily. But the defenders are the ones always trying to get the advantage to, you know, put them off their game, not necessarily make contact with the ball, but just do enough to put the player off. So I think there is a not a media conspiracy, but there's certainly that perception building up around Salah now that he goes down too early. And you can see earlier on this season against Bournemouth, uh, one of the defenders raked his studs down the down his Achilles just before he, he scored the goal. So again, he, he could have quite easily gone down there. I don't think... Does he go down too easily sometimes? Yeah, probably. Do all players? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, none more so than, say, uh, the media's golden child, Harry Kane. So, you know, again, but... It is this this perception built up by the English press, and Harry Kane's the golden child, so he he doesn't get any of that uh, particular negative perception built up around him. But anyway, so it was a penalty. I have to say, you know, when you're watching it in real time and and knowing that there are not going to be that many chances, 
the keeper got, you know, a solid hand on it. Well, obviously it wasn't that solid because the the penalty went in, but you know he seemed to get a lot on it. But just the power took it back, and I have to say, you know, Salah can can really strike a ball. You know, he's, he only looks little, but he's obviously got a lot of strength in his upper body, and also you know he can he can pack some power into those shots. And yeah, so the massive difference that so the Salah gets all of the the plaudits. Obviously, you know generally scoring the goals setting up the assists he's got one of the best records in terms of you know I think he's involved in a goal or an assist over his Liverpool career in less than 90 minutes that's phenomenal setting up one goal or scoring a goal on average in less than 90 minutes that that's crazy crazy numbers but um but if the defence leaks some goals, you know, you only have to go back to last year even. You know, pre let's call it pre-Van Dyke. We've got pre-Van Dyke and post-Van Dyke. You go pre-Van Dyke and 1-0 was a rare, rare scoreline. So Salah could score that penalty. He could win that penalty, score it, and defence lets in one goal or two goals and it counts for naught. The biggest change in Liverpool this year is their ability to be able to keep that clean sheet. And I think uh, we've now conceded 10 goals across the whole season, you know, and two of those were against Man City where City play, you know, they really had the bit between their teeth, didn't they? They really were up for it and they scored a couple there. But, you know, we do have probably not an injury crisis, you know, you haven't got Klopp uh crying about how he, he needs to bring in more people from the January transfer window like some other managers might do so we ended up playing Fabinho who is still bedding in you know it's still his first season in the Premiership I still think he, he looks like he could develop into a real player he is already a, a great a, a really good player but I think he can develop even more and what I like about Van Dijk, it doesn't matter who plays at the back with him there. He is a genuine leader. You know, Brendan Rodgers uh, sticks out in my mind. He called Dejan Lovren a, a true leader when he came into the club and everyone was kind of scratching their head like, you know, I don't think so. <laughs> Van Dijk is a genuine leader and you can see him on the pitch talking all the time, talking to the defence. And so... You know, Fabinho did well, but again, I'm going to give a slice of credit there to Van Dijk. I think Trent Alexander-Arnold took a bit of a knock there as well in the first half. Looked a little bit, you know, not 100% fit. Robertson continues to be that whippet, you know, running up and down the, the wing there. So been a been an absolute revelation since he's broke into the first team. So that back four, you know, when we bring back the likes of Go Joe Gomez... I think uh, you know we'll we'll only get stronger there, but I think there's going to be a few more nervy matches. You know, there's going to be a few more where there's not many goals in it, and um, I just I'm expecting a blip at some point. We haven't had one yet. You know, the only match we've lost is that one against City. You would expect a blip. I'm hoping that two games on the bounce, that was it. But uh, let's see. There's lots of twists and turns before the season's out, I'm sure. 
going across so recording tonight right after uh, the Man City game so I actually thought Wolves might give a bit more of a go of it than they did but obviously conceding such an early goal uh, the game plan all goes out the window the reason I thought Wolves would uh, or they might do well obviously Wolves would have to play at the top of their game and City would have to be a little bit off again I kind of wonder and I think now that City are in the chasing pack if you like I think they might have had their blip. So they, they'll they have their eye on a, a good run now where they can string, you know, 10 or so wins on the bounce. But the way Wolves' front three in particular press the defence when they try and play it out for the back, I, I, I thought uh, they might have a chance there. But like I say, early goal, uh, game plan kind of goes out the window and then you go down to 10 men it makes it even more difficult to be honest I thought I thought this could be a 5 0 when when that happened you're down to 10 men uh, second goal goes in and uh, I, I, I thought Wolves might be uh, might be in for a long goal night but in the end they they kind of uh, they save face and in the end 2-0 wasn't too bad uh, just on the sending off I do think you know I, I don't think there was a lot of difference between uh, the challenge tonight and the challenge uh, from Vincent Company on Salah in the Man City Liverpool game again I, I'm trying to take my uh, bias specs off there just looking at it. defender goes in when I used to play so I used to love going, flying in for a challenge. And I'd even, you know, if I was going to win the ball first, I'd slow down a little bit. So just so I can make sure it's a 50-50 and I can take the ball and the man. There was nothing better. There's no wonder I had no skill because I was so focused on that uh, part of the game. And if it was raining, even better. You can't do that anymore. And it, it, it took me a few years to get my head around that because you'd see someone going in for an absolutely crunching challenge and they'd be sent off and you're like, what, what's all that about? But they start to talk about, you know, being out of control, studs up, being off the floor. You know, so if, you, if you're off the floor, you are out of control of your body. And if your studs are up, then you go off. I, I think that is the that is pretty much the rule. So I, st- I still don't really understand why company didn't go off. Um, but let's see. I, I think there might be a few more of those before the, before the season's out. But at the moment, so it, well, the way we're looking at in terms of those from two, uh, you've got Liverpool on 57, City on 53. So, you know, <laughs> you can't rule out that, you know, both are going to be pushing sort of north of 90 points this year um, which would make it a really exciting finish to the season the other the other team obviously who you might consider in that chasing pack but I don't think they've ever really been a credible part as far as the media is concerned I spoke on this show about you know I didn't understand why Tottenham weren't quite being considered part of that chasing pack but they were obviously playing uh, Manchester United this weekend and Manchester United obviously they, they've come off the back of this horrible cloudy miserable time under Jose Mourinho and they had a, a nice run of games where they played all teams in the in the bottom half of the table and this was the first real test and you know they, they've 
won it one nil there. So fair play. It's continued that uh, continued that run, and with uh, with City and and Liverpool both having lost in the last six games, that puts Man United at the top of the form league. So so they've done well to come through there. Obviously, you know De Gea has been he was really back to his best. I think you know since the World Cup in the in the summer. He's not really had the best season. And again, that's not me being uh, biased from a Liverpool side. He's in my fantasy league team. And, you know, if I look, uh, so United have conceded 32 goals this season. And obviously that's not all about the goalkeeper. But I don't think he's he's been that, that presence that he has been since, you know, since he came to Old Trafford. But he very much like, looked like that again on on Sunday and so uh, you know probably he he's come out of that that form dip that, that he was in and uh, you know he looks he looks pretty special again so yeah it's going to be really interesting now obviously so Arsenal lost at the weekend against uh, against West Ham so if anything in that top four so right now so you've got Manchester United and Arsenal both on 41 points the momentum you'd have to say is with United. So, and in that in that top five group of Liverpool, City, Spurs, Chelsea, and Arsenal, you'd have to say that Arsenal look like the ones that are probably the weak ones who who United have got their eye on. I think uh, so. Chelsea are six points ahead. I think that's probably a bit too much. I think we're in January now. Chelsea look like being the ones who are, who are the most active in the transfer market. Whether you say that's a good thing or a bad thing, I don't know. But I, th- I think they will strengthen because, I mean, they've been playing pretty much without a striker. You know, Morata uh, will probably be moved out. And, and so if they can replace him with an actual uh, decent striker, then, you know, again, I can't see them dropping too many points. So I think United, looking at it right now, I think... Th- They'll have their eyes on Arsenal, and you'd have to say Arsenal still look like, you know, they they're in that transition. So they'll be the ones to fall out for me. In terms of the bottom of the league, so Huddersfield have sacked their manager, so probably not that much of a, a surprise. It's it's unfortunate, you know, but you know they're on eleven points right now. Had to do something really, and uh, I was quite surprised. So Fulham, the interesting ones. So again, they spent a huge amount of money going into the going into the season, but they just forgot, you know, maybe to buy some defenders. So it's a little bit surprised to hear that Ryan Babel is uh, probably going to go there on loan. Um, don't think that's going to help you, Fulham. You need to really shore up that defence if you're going to do anything. I think above that, you've got Newcastle and Cardiff on 18 and 19 points. And then actually Southampton are on 19 points as well. I think Southampton will have enough. If you look at their forward line, uh, I do like Shane Long. I know he's not scored too many goals, but uh, I, I do like him. His, his work rate, his work ethic, I think is really good. You've got Charlie Austin there. You've got Danny Ings. I think they've got enough. If you've got goals in your team, you, you, you've got a chance. For Cardiff and Newcastle, they're, they're going to be the ones who are going to fight it out, I think. And so it's going to be really interesting where where that goes. 
Looking ahead to the fixtures that we've got coming up. So Liverpool have got Crystal Palace at home. Uh, Manchester United have got Brighton at home. That's going to be a, a gimme again. Um, so, you know, Brighton are a different prospect when they're playing at home. That's a tough match for anyone to go to. Away from home, it's not quite the same. And then you've got Manchester City away to Huddersfield. So I can see that... Um, that's three points for City straight off the bat as well. So if you're going to have a, a bet in double, I would say both the Manchester teams are a good bet there. Crystal Palace for Liverpool. Uh, on paper, I'm sure it'll be short odds as far as the bookies are concerned. Uh, but, you know, if Saha is is on form, uh, got a lot of athletic good strong players in that side so again couldn't rule out an upset there and over the years Crystal Palace have been a bit of a bogey team so so let's see how that goes okay well thanks for listening if you want to check out some of our other podcasts you can check out uh, in our show notes you've got the likes of Comics in Motion which myself and Chris do you've got the Grassroots Coachcast which we do as well we're going to be uh, appearing, uh, so the Comics in Motion is going to be appearing on Indie Rocks UK, which is an internet radio station. So we're going to be on there 7 to 8 on Tuesday. Uh, so tomorrow, um, depending on when you're listening to this. <laughs> and also Chris is going to be setting up his own uh, kind of combat show so it's going to be all around mma and wrestling and boxing so that's going to be really interesting i'll be tuning in and listening to that one okay thanks a lot guys so best of luck to all the teams unless you're manchester city or man united <laughs> thanks very much and i'll catch you next time 